1: Welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Amadova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. And we just finished watching the third edition of
0: the College Football Playoff Rankings. Guys, initial thoughts, impressions. It sucks. I hate, I literally hate what college football has become. It is a popularity contest. Winning doesn't even matter anymore. The committee can't decide if they want head to head, They don't want head to heads. They just, it's a complete disaster. You have Oregon, a one loss Oregon, who has a head to head win over Ohio State. They're the number three team, even though you could argue Ohio State looks better on paper, yet you have two one loss Michigan schools Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State has the head to head but it's ranked behind Michigan. I I think David Pollock is the voice of America right now. Oh my In gosh. that room, he seems to be the only
1: guy that has any sense to him. Just being like, what is this? Why is Michigan above Michigan State?
2: You know, I was hoping that the committee would, you know, rewrite their wrong from last week, put Michigan State higher than Michigan. They didn't, I think they're too stubborn. What I am happy about though, the group of five love on the back end. Okay, you've got Cincinnati—not Cincinnati. You've got uh, Houston ranked for the first time. You've got San Diego State up at 19. I believe that's a lot of respect for a committee that's not really giving Cincinnati too much respect in terms of the playoff.
1: Yeah, just to you know, leave on an optimistic note going into our surprises of the week. Cincinnati is above Michigan and Michigan State. Okay, pretty good. They play SMU. That could be a big win this week. The Ducks are at least getting respected. Um, Michigan State and Michigan, they're gonna go they're gonna have to go prove themselves. And that's all gonna work itself out eventually, because they're gonna play Ohio State. And then, like Colt said, San Diego State, Houston, getting respect.
2: Notre Dame is the X factor right now for Cincinnati's whole resume. If Notre Dame somehow loses down the stretch, Cincinnati might be screwed in terms of falling behind a Big Ten or Big Twelve team.
1: Yeah, they're the big X factor, but let's go ahead. And we'll talk about what surprised us this week. you
2: surprised? <laughs> surprised, <laughs> Eddie? If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now.
0: All right, uh, Hayden, let's start with you. What surprised you the most? What the hell happened at Jordan-Harris Stadium this last weekend? Auburn got a case of the ASUs. They blew a 25-point home lead to Mississippi State. It was actually the biggest comeback in Mississippi State history they broke their previous record which was actually also set this year when they had an 18 point comeback against the very uh tough louisiana tech team who has two wins but auburn was up 28 to 3 at the half it's that atlanta lead (laughs) outscored 33 to 6 uh to make matters worse bo nix broke his foot depends on how you look at that if that's makes things better or worse and mississippi state i think we got to start putting a little bit of respect on their name they are Jekyll and Hyde. They, Mike Leach brought the Pac-12 energy along with him because you kind of get the sense Mississippi State can beat anybody. They beat NC State, A&M, Kentucky, and now Auburn. But they all also can lose to anybody, evidenced by their ugly loss to Memphis and then almost losing to Louisiana Tech. So Auburn blowing that lead really surprised me. Yeah,
1: I have the same exact surprise as you. Actually, I was oh, wow. my surprise was Mississippi State made Auburn look silly in the second half. That six straight touchdown drives Mississippi State had, um, unless you count the end of the half, which it wasn't even a full drive. Um, but on this, on the note to add something of Mississippi State, I think Mississippi State, I would agree, is one of the top twenty-five teams in the country, and they've looked the part um, in certain games this year. But they've lost four football games. I think unless you're seven and four or at least eight and four at least doubling your losses with wins, you shouldn't be ranked they've lost 40 percent of their games this year in their ranks. So that bothers me a little this year.
2: I just wanted to speak on the wackiness of college football this past weekend. I mean you had Kansas beating Texas uh, who who in the who in the right mind had that happening you had that was Sanford. awesome. You had Sanford in the game versus Florida for a huge chunk of it. And then the wackiness struck home for me because Hawaii lost 27-13 to UNLV. The offense is pathetic. The offensive coordinator, I don't know if you guys know this, is Bo Graham. It's Todd's son. Oh, yeah. Bo's got to go, okay? (laughs) It's not good. UNLV, okay, was allowing 34 points per game, and Hawaii only had 13. That is not good, especially when you have fans show up to the ninth island, which is Vegas, to the game. I mean, come on now. Yeah, it was
0: loud. When Hawaii had that long touchdown pass early, I, I heard it. They you led the game
2: it.
1: with that bad boy. It looked like, oh,
2: boy, yeah. Hawaii's
1: about to come smack these yeah. guys around. UNLV
2: was 1-8 in going into this game. Now Hawaii is out of bowl contention unless somehow they qualify for a bowl game at 6-7 and seven if they win out. But I highly doubt that happens.
1: Yeah, uh, not good things. Uh, more about Hawaii during Factor Fiction. There always is. Oh, boy. And uh, let's talk about who was eating their Wheaties better get your whole grain. I
2: better eat my Wheaties.
1: All right. Uh, Colt, let's start with you. We started with Hayden last time. Who was eating their Wheaties?
2: UCLA wide receiver and punt returner Kyle Phillips. The guy's a Swiss army knife, okay? At a wide receiver, eight receptions, 99 yards. On punt return, he had two punt returns, 93 yards, including an 82-yard touchdown. I mean, this guy's going off. Shout out to UCLA, and they got the win this weekend.
1: Yeah, big W. My Colorado pick was looking good at the start there. I think Colorado's up 20-7 to, 7. 20 to 7 at, yeah. at a certain point, but uh, good rally from UCLA. I'm
0: going go back to go back-to-back. Rashad White, uh, no surprise there, 184 yards on the ground, 52 receiving, a couple touchdowns. That is the epitome of a one-man show, and he's really turned it on down the stretch. Be- uh, two straight games where he was basically the only factor on ASU's offense, and he might be getting into the conversation for Offensive Player of the Year in the Pac-12, so congratulations Rashad White.
1: Yeah, I was hoping you would mention him for uh, Wheaties' boy because I, I was going to put him. He was on my list, but uh, I figured you would get to him. Uh, Chance Nolan, though. How about it? The passing game finally comes together. Oregon State gets an emphatic, impressive win. 19-25, 257, two touchdowns. Nothing too flashy, but I had to shout out my boy Chance. Colt, Sometimes people aren't eating Wheaties. Sometimes they're eating Froot Loops. Yeah, they're they're grabbing the wrong cereal. Who is eating Froot Loops this week?
2: You know, it's a collective, you know, as it always is. You eat Froot Loops with your boys sometimes. That is never a good idea. That's what the Stanford passing attack was doing this weekend, okay? Between Ari Patu, Dylan Plouts, and Isaiah Sanders. Okay, these quarterbacks combined for 10 of 22, 94 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. Absolutely pathetic. Um, Tanner McKee was not... Uh, playing this weekend. Uh, maybe they could have used them.
1: Yeah, they're like Hayden said, they're a different team without McKee.
0: Sorry to do this to you, Colt. Jaden Delora. Wow. Um, Damn. You know, his stats weren't terrible, but three turnovers might have been the difference in that game. Just totally screwed up the momentum for Washington State. Two interceptions and then a fumble out of the end zone. Just a, a rough performance from Delora after he lit it up against ASU. So unfortunately Delore was eating his spam and fruit loops.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh Hayden, we're on the same wavelength today because I also had Jaden Delore written down. And the Ouch. reasons behind that is is yeah, he's got he had two hundred and eighty yards, two touchdowns, but both of his interceptions he threw were on first down. First down first one was really bad. The second one was egregious. It was just taking him out of the game. And then yeah, that fumble. They fumbled on the opening drive. Chance to go punch the ducks in the mouth. They ended up going to the half, tied at 14, but it they almost took themselves out of it early by going down 14 nothing, and so they were so exhausted by the time they kept, got up. The Ducks running game just took over. So, Jaden Delora, man, just that eating his Fruit was the Loops. most
0: brutal Fruit loop segment of the year <laughs> so far. Yeah, if he played well, Wazoo actually could have won that game. Literally,
1: 17-point loss in the end and uh, three critical turnovers, yeah. but you know, turnovers, the name of the game. Let's get to the big picture, because uh, there's some there's some storylines we got to talk about. Colt, you touched on a little, Florida and Sanford somehow is a game, Texas losing to Kansas, USC has not been good this year, Nebraska, as we know, primed for a three-win season. What is going on with these Blue Bloods and, and
0: how can these teams recover? Well, first of all, I think they need to recalibrate their expectations because I think in a sense Alabama has broken the sport because they have done what nobody in history has ever been able to do. The consensus number one favorite for basically every year for the last 10, 15 years. And when you have these blue bloods that have the resources and the means to compete with Alabama, and they're not doing it, it doesn't make sense to them. They're like, you know, we should be Alabama every single year. We should be undefeated every single year. And they're just not being realistic with their expectations. Now, like USC, yeah. I mean, that was... They've got culture issues over there. Same with yeah. Texas. Clearly, if you saw the leaked video of the D line coach screaming at all the players on the bus, did you see that? I didn't. I didn't. Did you see that, Colt? The bus. The the, the bus video. Yeah. Yes. That was that was crazy. That was that. before I, the Kansas game, though. I gotta look that up. That was the okay. Yeah, that was after the Iowa State yes. game. Yes. Wow. He's telling all the guys to get in the transfer portal basically because they were soft and. A lot oh, of guys are up. upset
2: though because that video was leaked. Like, why would a player, you know, put that out? It's almost a bad look for the head coach—not for the head coach, but one of the assistant it's just, coaches. There's a lack of trust yes. between them right
1: now, right. which is very telling of the situation. It's—I it, think it was significantly worse under Herman than uh, people initially thought because Sark had them what four and one, four and two, mm-hmm. might have been four and one because I think they've lost five in a row. But yeah, and that Florida, that situation just gets uglier every week, it feels like.
0: Yeah, all the Florida schools are down, except, I mean, even Miami, who's underachieving. They might be the—they not even. just lost to Florida State. Nobody in Florida is good right now, and it's just so weird to see that. And I think, like I said, I think administrations need to be a little bit more patient. I think it's good that Mike Norvell is probably not going to get fired because he inherited a mess. Same thing with Sark at Texas— uh, Florida, it's a toss-up. It's still a little early in the Mullen thing, but he's just made some weird comments that you know, allude yeah. to him maybe being checked out a little bit. And then, of course, USC, that's going to be a rebuild for whoever whoever <laughs> takes that job over. Lord, Lord help them. Budge,
2: I think to answer your question, I think the SEC and kind of Ohio State have kind of pulled away over the past 10 years from the rest of the pack. I think by expanding the playoff, When that does happen, I think that'll allow, you know, these farm systems that Bama keeps bringing in every single year, the SEC keeps bringing in, I think they'll start to go to places like USC, Nebraska, Mm -hmm. and I think it'll all work out, but until that happens, we're still looking at the same four teams, and I think that's what's happening currently when you watch this year's college football season. We had a whole bunch of chaos, and now we're still talking about Bama, we're still talking about Georgia, Ohio
1: State, and so once that playoff expands, we'll finally get more parity. Yeah, um, we'll jump into our Week 12 picks. Nationally, we are going to have four of them and an upset pick this week. Uh, first game, you've got number 7 Michigan State versus Ohio State.
0: Boys, it's game day. Yeah, Michigan State can control its own destiny. I mean, they feel probably very disrespected by the playoff committee. They, If they went out, they're in, like you said. Uh, unfortunately, I think Ohio State is going to take care of business here because they – are kind of that fringe team right now, aside from maybe Cincinnati. And uh, they, they're they going to, I think, play some of their best football down the stretch. So I like the Buckeyes to get it done.
2: All right, go After this weekend, Ohio State looked like the second best team in the nation, in my opinion. However, I do think that Michigan State rides this level of disrespect that they've been getting from the committee. And despite, you know, probably it's going to be a tough game, Ohio State's favored by 19, I'm going to take Michigan State because I want it to happen. And so I'm taking Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw on the uh, Pacific Point of View graphic. I went one and five on my national picks last week, including wow. the upset pick. Um, I don't plan on doing that again this week because I've been pretty good at those picks uh, this year. So I'm gonna pick Ohio State. It's just you just know the Buckeyes. They're rolling those receivers. JSN, as for some reason they kept calling Jackson Smith and Jigba. They did. They're too scared to pronounce the full name. Um, and Chris <laughs> Olave and Garrett Wilson. Those guys are rolling, so I like the Buckeyes. Next game, we've got an ACC matchup. I had this one kind of predictively in here because I thought Clemson would nab number 25, but
0: they didn't. So, number 10, Wake Forest, traveling to play an unranked Clemson team. Yeah, weird. A 7 3 Clemson team isn't ranked. I mean, but at the end of the day, they have not looked good. Even, Even though they've been winning, they still have not really looked that good. And Wake Forest really impressed me last week with their win over NC State. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Sam Hartman and, is that his name? The best. Or Spencer yep. Hartman. Yep. No, it's Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman. The
1: best Sam H in football.
0: Yes. No disrespect <laughs> to Sam Howell. <laughs> yes, I, I'm gonna, the best Sam H in North Carolina, too. Yeah. How about that? Exa- except for they still lost in North Carolina, oh, so, you know. Right. But head-to-head doesn't matter anymore. That's so. true, that's right. true, you've
2: right. Right. the code. So I'm gonna, the code. I'm gonna take
0: Wake Forest here.
2: Wake Forest still feels kinda like a Cinderella story, and th- I feel like the theme of the past three weeks has still been reality check weekend. And so I think Clemson's going to win this game because it's boring and no one wants Clemson to win, and that's why Clemson's going to win.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to the two people that were just watching us through that door. I don't know. No, if no, guys saw. That was a little uncomfortable. That was very uncomfortable. They were just like staring at us. I, I, I thought maybe they needed. Maybe something. Maybe they wanted our
0: autograph. They're, I don't they're know. fans of the show. They, uh, they
1: left now though. The so.
0: play-by-play gear is in here, so maybe they. Needed oh, that, that might that be, could a rough... be a rough sh-
1: issue. Sh- well, it's their problem. They shouldn't. Allow... Anyways, Whoa. number ten Wake Forest <laughs> versus Clemson. maybe we'll help them out later, and if there's commotion, people will know what's going on. Um, ten Wake Forest, Clemson. I will pick Wake Forest. Um, I mean, go Wake Forest, man. I don't think Clemson wins this. I, I think Clemson just hasn't been impressive enough this year. It's a trap game, but Wake Forest, man. Top 10. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Clemson favored by four. Nah, get that out of here. All right, next we've got <laughs> Vegas loves Clemson still, but uh, number, number 21, they leapfrogged Utah, which I do not like. Arkansas on the road versus number two, Bama. Bama's last real test, maybe, because Bo Nix is out.
0: Yeah, the the uh, there's not a lot a lot of meat left on the bone for Alabama coming down the stretch to bolster their resume. And you again, I kind of think the committee ranked Arkansas higher to justify having Alabama at number two.
2: Yes, that's the ridiculousness. You can't do that. That's like rigging the rankings.
0: I I, I agree with you. There's definitely some collusion going on, but I think Alabama will will roll here. I don't don't see Arkansas putting up a fight.
1: Yeah, roll tide, man. Roll tide. Arkansas is a team that, um, in the past, they've had a few sneaky games versus Bama. I remember there was one year and it triggered a legendary Nick Saban rant where Bama won by a touchdown versus a mediocre Arkansas team and he ranted and said, we can't win every game by 30 or something like that. Um, so they have been known to give Bama eh, maybe a, a close game, but I think Bama handles their business here.
2: Although Bama hasn't been the same this year as previous seasons, I don't see them slipping up against Ar- an Arkansas team that I believe shouldn't even be ranked. They had back-to-back close wins versus Mississippi State and LSU. I
1: don't think Arkansas Arkansas is even that good. I think Bama will roll. But hey, on a positive note, shout out to Arkansas for, for getting some wins this year. 7-3 and three right now. That's probably going to lose this game, but... Missouri in their final game, I think they could go 8-4. That's a pretty good year.
2: I hate the <laughs> SEC. It's tough for me to root for Arkansas this year because like I just hate to see so many SEC teams win now.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Unless
2: it's Vandy, I don't care if an SEC team wins. To be fair, wins. Auburn's
1: not very good this year. They're probably gonna go 6-6, six and six, mm-hmm. potentially. I-, I can't remember who they play this week. I think it might be a team. I don't know. Next we've got SMU versus number five Cincinnati. For Cincinnati, their biggest game since their matchup versus Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, please, cool. if... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Colts.
1: the little <laughs> yeah. guys. It, yeah. It's yeah. an
2: all-time trap game right here. This is the sketchiest game on Cincinnati's schedule. I do think Cincinnati will get the job done. But, oh my gosh, Mordecai and SMU, I mean, these guys, their offense is absolutely insane. And so Cincinnati better watch out. They better win this game. I don't think they have to win convincingly, pass any eye tests. Just win, survive, and advance.
0: Aiden? Uh By the way, Auburn at South Carolina. Very Ooh. losable. Oh, yeah. Very, very losable. losable that, game. that South
1: Carolina squad is rolling.
0: They are. They're looking good, and I think Shane Beamer's a rising coach in, in the sport. But I'm going to take Cincinnati. This is They have potentially two more chances to really impress the committee. SMU, like you mentioned, the best team they've played in conference. And then eventually they're likely to collide with Houston down the road. So, I like the Bearcats in this one, and if they screw this up, there definitely is going to be about as far out of the playoff conversation as you can be.
1: Yeah, well, honestly, with a Cincinnati loss, though, I think it will they might actually only drop to, like, seven, right above Notre Dame. But it'll hmm. kill their chances of making the playoff. But I think they might, like, Notre Dame might be a stopping block for them in my opinion. I don't Mm.
2: think so. When you look at what happened with Michigan and Michigan State, they're gonna say Notre Dame looks better, and then Cincinnati will fall to 12. See,
1: the committee's playing 4D chess. They knew we would think that, so that's why they did the Michigan-Michigan State move. They're geniuses. Anyways, uh, man, this has been a little pessimistic of an episode. Let's, uh, we'll we'll turn it (laughs) around here. It's a little
2: angrier. The
1: passion. Let's pick some upset picks, boys. All right, upset picks. I'll go first, because mine's always wrong. I was wrong again last week. I was wrong last week, too. A rare miss for Colt, but uh, I, for some reason, am betting on this team again. I have Nebraska beating number 15, Wisconsin. Holy cow. And the reason behind it is Nebraska has had several games this season. You take Oklahoma, you take Ohio State, you take whatever other good team they took down to the wire this year. I forgot they played Oklahoma. Yeah, they'll take those teams down to the wire. And usually what happens is that team will take a superior offensive player. And use that to just propel themselves to the finish line. I think it'll be a similar game versus Wisconsin. But Wisconsin lacks the offensive firepower that those good teams had. And then you even look at Michigan State. They had Kenneth Walker. They just barely escaped. I think Nebraska finally, finally gets the first win with any substance on the Scott Frost era. It's something to hold on to for their next season. Who's hosting? Wisconsin. Oh, God. (laughs) But go go Nebraska. Let's go, baby. They can go five and seven. Get a Mike Riley-esque uh, bowl game at five and seven. Maybe get a win, get some
0: momentum. I kind of like them next week against Iowa. To be honest, I think it's a home game for them. I like too. them in
1: both games.
0: Yeah. Oh boy. Well, I'm gonna unfortunately for the for the group of five, this this would be just catastrophic. Oh. I've got UAB taken out, UTSA, no. and there goes one of the great Cinderella stories of the year. UAB is easily. The best team UTSA has, has will have faced all season. Two of UAB's losses are to Georgia and Liberty, so mm-hmm. they've they've played some tough teams. And um, that's they a ha- good pick. Yeah, I they, forgot about the game. They they're a four point I think dog in this one. They have the best defense in the conference, and they're a top three offense as well. And UTSA they played in a lot of close games, and I, I just think the magic runs out here. And UAB we always forget about their story. They literally got. Their program was nothing a couple years ago. Yeah. They lost their football program, and it came back, and they have just been dominant since genius, their return. Genius
1: marketing move.
0: All the funding they got after doing that, <laughs> Yep. genius. So, yeah, I got the Blazers.
1: Hated more on that game later on in the show. <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> uh, this week, uh, well, actually last week, I uh, missed out on my Notre Dame-Virginia pick. So I'm now 0-2 when I pick a team to beat Notre Dame. Other than
1: that, you're undefeated, though, right? I believe so.
2: Uh, This week, I've got Iowa State beating Oklahoma and just completely knocking Oklahoma and probably a lot of the Big 12 chances just out the window. Okay, Iowa State had a heartbreaking loss to Texas Tech on that, what was it, 61, 62-yard field goal last week.
1: 62.
2: Yeah, but they still have the offensive firepower to put up points. And Oklahoma... I mean, they kind of collapsed last week. They have no answer at QB. I don't know if they want to go with uh, Williams or Rattler.
1: Maybe a third guy joins the fray. Just I, to I don't know.
2: But maybe they'll have to do that boxing match that we talked about in last week's episode to figure out who's QB1. But I've got Iowa State uh, in this one.
1: All right, let's uh, keep in your corner, Cole. One for the little guy.
2: Oh, boy. Okay, so before I get into the UAB-UTSA game, UMass, what is going on? Okay, you guys (laughs) have now lost back-to-back games to FCS teams. Okay, so you guys lost to Rhode Island and Maine, okay, making it now 12 FCS wins over FBS teams this season. Also, Montana versus Montana State should have been this weekend's college game day. They had a beautiful marketing pitch on social media. College game day recognized it. And they said, nah, we want to go to Michigan State, Ohio State. Absolutely brutal. I completely disagree with that. But now, for like the biggest game potentially in Conference USA history again, UTSA UAB, okay? UTSA can clinch their first Conference USA Division uh, West Division title with the win. And, um, you know, last week they had to come back against Southern Miss. But, man, UTSA can cement their season. They can probably climb a little bit in the rankings. Who knows, maybe jump San Diego State at some point. UAB, though, okay, they've won the last three Conference USA West Division titles. And UAB has beaten UTSA in the last four meetings. I feel like Lee Corso right now on College Game Day reading off all the stats. (laughs) Not so fast. Not so fast. But man, you got to get your popcorn ready for this one. Tune in. I believe it's on ESPN Plus. You got to love a Conference USA matchup meaning so much, especially when the conference is kind of, you know, in jeopardy
1: right now. Yeah, for UTSA, I feel like this season is it's fun, obviously. It's fun being undefeated, but I feel like it's a slap in the face. When you're undefeated, you're like, man, this is our best shot for a New year's Six Bowl. Yeah. And you've got San Diego State, BYU, and Cincinnati light years ahead of you. And you have Houston on your tail. And Houston is right there. So, uh, man, Sucks, it man. Just, it's tough sometimes being the little guy. Tyler, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Cole. We're back on the sideline here. And now I'm just kidding. Here we go. Uh, back to the radio voice. We're the Pac-12 <laughs> corner of things. It's week 11. It's not week 11. It's week 12. Let me fix my notes. It's week 12, and we've got a Friday game. We also, we didn't mention it, but we have some action I believe, occurring as we speak. Let's uh, um, get a score update. We've got Ohio beating Toledo 3-0, and Eastern and Western Michigan. Who cares? It's Maction. Anyways, back to the week 12 picks. Friday game, we've got Arizona, Bear Down, at Washington State Cougars chance to clinch bowl eligibility Arizona a chance to get another sneaky little win
0: yeah the Cats have played a lot of teams close lately I think some people forget that their last three losses were by a, an average of seven points so they've been in a lot of these games and you even look when they played Oregon that that score was so deceptive it was like 41 to 19 and it was 24 to 19 in the fourth quarter yeah and then Will Plummer you know he's he's a tough guy. He's, Slowly improved each week, even though he's you know, not the most talented guy. Uh, wow. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just being honest here. And then Wazoo, they still have a path to the north, albeit very slim. I think we're going to see a ton of turnovers in this game. Wazoo has forced 20 turnovers this year, which is just insane. 11 of those have been forced fumbles. It's impressive. That's usually that's all interceptions, but 11 forced fumbles, so I think we're going to see a ton of turnovers. Cats keep it close early, but I like the Cougs to pull away late.
2: Yeah, you know, Arizona's, you know, put up, you know, some nice little games here, but they've still lost and so they still suck. Washington State has a guy, their quarterback, you know what his name is? Jaden DeLora, okay? Yeah, and the Fruit, Fruit Loops guy. The Fruit Loops guy of the, of the week is going to come back with the
1: Wheaties performance. I got Wazoo. All right. Um yeah, I forgot to mention um our fantastic week last week, guys. Uh Cole went 4 and 1, I went 4 and 1, Hayden 5 and 0. Oh, last wow. week impact wow. 12 picks. Uh, Colts' one miss was Washington State over Oregon. My one miss was Colorado over UCLA. But fantastic week, gentlemen. Good job. And uh, I'll I'll make sure we go 3-for-3 on this pick. Washington State, we talked about the ways U of A can keep this close, but uh, I think Washington State, you know, it's a home game. Might be homecoming for them because that's the U of A game. It should be. Um, So, clinch a nice little bowl game. And without a head coach, 6-6 and you'll take if you're a wazoo. Uh, Next game we've got the Huskies, who are just... Arguably more dysfunctional than their Pullman brethren. Uh, they're traveling to play Colorado.
0: They're definitely more dysfunctional than their Pullman brethren. They're they're right there with USC in terms of just anarchy. These are two teams that blew 10-point leads at the half last week. So both of these teams are going to feel like they missed an opportunity to get back in the win column. Colorado, not bull eligible anymore. Washington still has an outside chance, but... I just don't see Washington getting up for this game. This is just a meaningless game kind of for both teams. Colorado, it's a home game, so that might give them a little bit more juice, and they've kind of been out of the bowl picture all season. So yeah, I actually like Colorado to spring the upset here. They've they've found their offense. It, they did get shut out in the second half at the Rose Bowl last week, but I think they'll pick right where they left off, and they will uh, kind of follow in ASU's footsteps, and, and they'll get, uh, get a nice win.
2: I think Washington has the better talent. That's about it. Um, not a game that I'll be tuning into on Saturday. It'll be one when I check the score Saturday evening. Oh, wow. Um,
1: Washington won or not. Who cares? I got Washington. Okay. Um, yeah. A lot of great points brought up. Um, Thank you. <laughs> cold, cold. Just not shy about his, his viewership of these games. I'll pick Colorado, and I'll I'll be honest. I'm probably not going to tune into this one very much. If it's close at the end, I'll, I'll take a peek in. But, uh... Not a lot of huge implications in this game. A note about the games this week, uh, aside from Arizona at Washington State, it almost feels like all the games this week are, are teams in the same tiers. You've got Utah-Oregon, top of their division. Stanford-Cal, uh, middling uh, towards not making a bowl game. UCLA-USC, yeah, kind of that middle tier. ASU-Oregon State, like, ah, we're right there. Mm-hmm. We have a slight slight window. And then Washington-Colorado, similar spots. Yeah. Probably not going to make a bowl game. Kind of yucky. So I, I got Colorado winning. Next game is the game I was hyped for at the start of this year. Still hyped, but like not as hyped. We got UCLA at USC.
0: These two offenses are going to put up points, and especially because both teams have terrible defenses. UCLA has the worst pass defense in the Pac-12. What does USC like to do? They like to throw the ball. And I think Dart and Slovis are going to shred that secondary. And then on the flip side, USC really struggles stopping the run. We saw Rashad White just ran crazy all oh, yeah. over that defense. What does UCLA like to do? They have Zach Charbonnet, DTR. Hawaii knows love the UCLA loves to run likes the ball. <laughs> yeah, go <Still> of <have> nightmares. <laughs> Whatever the over is, take it. I mean, the, these guys are probably going to combine for like 80 points. That might even be on the light end. But I'm going to take UCLA to get it done in a shootout and um, pretty much put an end to USC's season. Hayden, beautifully articulated right there. Uh, I think
2: USC gets the win in this. I do think it's wow. going to be a shootout. I think USC edges them right at the end. I think this will be actually a really fun game to watch, and so I will be tuning in.
1: Yeah, I think UCLA is going to put down the crippled horse that is USC season this year. <laughs> wow. Um, this one was one I, I'm not going to lie. I went back and forth. I had the little USC boldened for, for a minute there, but I think that UCLA has had enough, and that Colorado win was a nice win. I think this one might... Put a little bow on their season. I'm not sure who they play next week. It Cal. might. Oh, it's Cal. Okay, Cal. so you know they they have a chance to get a few quality wins at the end of the season here. Not necessarily quality, but a few gimme wins at the end of the season here. Get themselves a decent bowl game, yeah. maybe the Holiday Bowl. Yeah, so. eight
0: and four. You kind of feel as a good season for them. Yeah, overall, especially you know
1: that's it's a positive direction, positive stuff to look at. Next game we've got what's this one again? The Battle for the Paul Bunyan axe or the something axe, like that. I don't know. The Cal Stanford at Cal. The one where the guy ran through a band. That one. So the big uh, game.
2: No, it's not the big game. Is it a big game?
1: No, that's Michigan Ohio State, isn't it? it? What is this yeah. called? No, that's the game.
0: This is just what This is, is the bat I think it's just like the battle for the axe. Calvers I think is what it's is called. Stanford. Um, I mean it's it's yeah. Go ahead. it's down there in terms of rivalries people look forward to. I think it's been very lopsided over the last decade with Stanford pretty much dominating. One of the weird things they do, have you seen where they just hold the axe and they stare at each other all game? They have like a couple representatives oh, yeah, for I've each seen school that. I've just seen that. stare at each other okay, the whole game. Okay, I kind of love that, though. That's kind of okay, that. cool. That's why I shouted it out, but <sighs> McKee is is about all you got for Stanford, and, and Ben Yerosek. Is he titan. even going to play? I think they're trying to get him. I think they're saying he he's probably going to come back, which is good, because I think that'll make I'm this. I'm so glad he didn't come back for Stanford. <laughs> I think that's what will make this game competitive. Uh, Wilcox, you know, some rumors that he might be taking that UW job. I don't know. Stanford, no. I heard, I no. heard Chip
1: Kelly rumors he's taking the UW. Really?
0: Wow. I, whoa. I've heard a lot of things, but that would uh, that would surprise me the most. I think Cal gets it done. Um, they had probably one of the worst losses in the conference all season to U of A, yes. albeit very short-handed. The nation. One of the worst yeah, in the nation, just, I say. I mean, Texas – to Kansas. Uh, Yale to UConn. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think Cal uh, wins the axe. Hawaii to UNLV. <laughs> Gosh, man. We spared you for a second. Holy you did it Cal. to yourself. I know. You, I did, you, did, about you did it, the whole it time. to yourself.
2: Um, yeah, I've got Cal as well. It is called the big game. I just looked it up. Um, I think Cal, if they get Original. all those guys back that, you know, were on COVID, I think they still have something to play for. They had a Mickey Mouse loss to Arizona. I think if they, you know, they win this game, they win now. They, they replay a at not replay, they play that postponed game against USC. They can make a bowl game. So they still have something to play for. And because of that, I've got the Bears. Yeah, Cal is
1: like the furthest removed from a bowl game right now, but still has a relatively decent shot at getting there, uh, especially if they're playing a USC team that has virtually nothing to play for at the end. Yep. Um, and I think that teams that are the little brother in a rivalry like this, when the other team's having a down year, and you saw this in like 2017, I want to say, with Oregon State and Oregon. The underdog tends to take advantage because it's more meaningful to them in that year. So I think Cal is going to get the W here. And let's jump to the biggest game in the Pac-12 the whole season. We've got number 3 Oregon traveling to Rice-Eccles Stadium to
0: play number 23 Utah. Have the Utes lost in Rice-Eccles Stadium this year?
1: They have not. They are undefeated there.
0: I guess the move to expand their stadium was a good one because they, I don't know if you guys heard, but this offseason they expanded, they added like 15,000 seats in there. So uh, I was it's, there. It's, it felt bigger than the yeah, last time it's I was played there. A, it's played a definitely in their favor. De- it's gotta be deja vu for Oregon. Twenty nineteen, I think we all know what happened this exact week that season. The second the penultimate week of the season. A one loss Oregon team controlling its destiny goes on the road into a hostile environment. Last time they choked at ASU
1: At Tempe, let's go. It was one of the
0: great wins of the Herm Edwards era. And of ASU all time, that was I'll a top five I'll never forget Ayuk win.
1: spiking the O oh my into gosh. the end zone got that got flagged. That was but sick. still, that was that was. We yeah, rushed was the
0: field, an all-time <laughs> moment. This ah, just this just got God. away from the game. We're just reminiscing <laughs> on, the, on the win though. Oh,
1: yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. but Anyways, uh, game,
0: yeah, yeah. I think history repeats itself. Give me the Utes. I think they completely tank the Pac-12's uh, title hopes yet again. And that will guarantee, basically, a rematch between these two teams in a few weeks.
2: I think history is a little bit different this year. I mean, it's not every time that Oregon beats Ohio State in the regular season, finally gets that legit win. And I think a lot of people have Utah upsetting Oregon. I think Oregon's like, nah, we're still there. We're still good. But, I mean, it's scary, though. Utah hasn't lost at home. They're favored by three. Oregon better hope they win this game, because if not, it's all over.
1: Yeah, um agree with what you said. Trap game. Ridiculous game. Very similar to the ASU game. I think the Ducks managed to pull things together and win this game. The way they've been winning games defensively, honing in on what they do best, running the ball, sticking their identity, I think they're going to pull it out versus Utah. But Hayden, you mentioned that these types of trap games, they get the Pac-12, and you picked Utah. And if Utah wins this game, it will be frustrating because we watch Alabama play New Mexico State and we watched Florida play Sanford. I have a beautiful soliloquy here uh, from Instagram <laughs> Go ahead to and reflect to reflect what the SEC us. thinks. Thanks. so uh, some some guy called out on Instagram. he was like, why are they it's pathetic the SEC's playing these cupcake games late in November. So I I commented. I said, thank you for calling out the SEC. Um, uh, let's just call him at Tennessee fan because he's a Tennessee <laughs> fan it okay. says, Last I checked, you didn't have to play Georgia, Florida, Bama in your conference, nerd. Tennessee had arguably one of the hardest schedules in college football. I will agree that Bammer shouldn't, shouldn't be playing cupcakes this late. But on the other hand, we will savor our last two, ho- two home games. Thank you very much. And so I said uh, in response, last time I checked, I don't care. Play nine games like the rest of us. He responds, play harder teams, nerd. But here comes my favorite part. Uh... Na 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 boo boo. <laughs> Stick your head in doo doo. Who has Arizona State played that is decent? All care about your opinion when your team wins a natty. Until then, gold balls. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the attitude that the
0: SEC has.
1: Towards I would, the I fall.
0: mean, that is years of pent up frustration about the Tennessee football program coming out. These are the same people who threw mustard on the field against Ulmis. So. In what way did you address Tennessee? I mean, maybe yeah, he got offended because you know the SEC people are all, you know, about you know about keeping the SEC tight and everything. Unless you're Vanderbilt, but still, you know, that's 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 comical.
1: It was pretty hilarious, but uh, I picked Oregon. Let's move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've somehow, let's find a way to move on. We of- made that pick about everything but the pick. Uh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true. We went a lot of places during that. Next, we have. Our boys in golden maroon, Arizona State, traveling to Corvallis to play Oregon boy. State. My boys wearing their awesome
0: throwbacks. This is this is a game. I think the recipe for ASU is there to win. They just need to get Rashad White going. And I think getting Jaden Daniels more design runs, because I think we can all just agree and accept the fact we are not a good passing team. And we meaning ASU. Yeah, Um, it's unfortunate Jaden Daniels has has regressed but he's still very uh, dangerous outside of the pocket so I think ASU needs to just not worry about throwing the ball everyone knows they suck at it so just do what you're good at unfortunately that is going to bite them in this game because Oregon State very physical Um, I don't know exact statistics about how they stopped the run or whatever but I know in the earlier part of the season they were very good at it and I just think that that's a recipe for disaster and on the other side of the ball, ASU is depleted on the defensive line. We've been getting uh, – Washington ran all over us in the first quarter, and, you know, B.J. Baylor's a 1,000-yard rusher, and I actually think this one gets away early. I think Oregon State pulls away early and doesn't look back, and just a, another very frustrating loss this season and another sound defeat that will get people calling for Herm Edwards' job.
1: Wow.
2: Oregon cool. State, uh, like Utah, has not lost a home game this season. But man, I think it all comes down uh, to whether or not there's a TV in the ASU locker room. Because if they watch the Oregon-Utah game and Utah beats Oregon, man, it's almost like ASU's hopes for any Pac-12 championship is out the door. Maybe that will be a little deflating going out into an Oregon State game where you have to come out and I think you have to score early and kind of blow Oregon State out of the water. And so I have Oregon beating Utah, and so because of that, I'm going to take ASU.
1: Yeah, no, I think I I said it before. Whoever wins the Oregon Utah game will determine who I root for in this game. Because if Utah wins, Oregon State has a path to the Rose Bowl. If Oregon wins, Arizona State has a path to the Rose Bowl. ASU actually has a second path to the Rose Bowl, Mm -hmm. which is Utah losing the two games and then ASU winning out, getting a nod there, which would be pleasant. But uh, this game, man, uh, just gets me every. It's a. It's crazy that it's happened three years since we've been here because it's a South North matchup. Man, it's just a tough pick. Um, this this game comes down... I try to remove my beaver bias when I'm making the actual pick itself. And this, this game comes down to two factors. And they're both factors that Hayden has talked about. The first one being ASU's woes in Corvallis. And even when they were one of those teams and they were right near the playoff, they had a tough game late in the season. Might have been this very same week in Corvallis. It was a week earlier. Week earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, late game. And then Oregon State undefeated at home i think they managed to defend their home turf here and it's because this oregon state team beat utah at home and it's a utah team that since then has looked unstoppable so
0: i have the beeves reluctantly i'm picking the beeves yeah, it would be a double whammy i think like you mentioned if, if utah beats oregon that'll just the air will come out of the balloon because at least if oregon wins this game yeah you might not win the south if you're asu still but the path to a Rose Bowl is there. If Utah gets it done here, a 9-4 Utah team with a loss in the conference championship game gets in over ASU. Yeah. All right. Uh, Hayden, let's uh, kick it to your corner. We got some Hayden's haters. Man, I almost changed it at the last minute, but I, I, I kind of got to vent about the playoff committee uh, at the start of the show. So I'm not going to talk about that or Joey Galloway's horrific analysis. Um, but I will talk about a story posted by the Oregonian and John Canzano is a great journalist. Oh. Um, it's about ESPN and their coverage of the Pac-12. I don't know if you guys watched You guys watched the Oregon Wazoo game. Correct. Did you notice how bad the production quality was? Yes. The cameras were fuzzy and it looked like kind of a Pac-12 network production. And a lot of people took exception to that. A lot of people noticed that they're like, hey, this is a big game. Why are we getting why is the Pac-12 getting, you know, this low level quality of production? So this uh, particular journalist went digging around about it and he questioned ESPN and they, and they flat out denied, um, you know, sending subpar talent or, or paying less. Well, what, what actually happened was they sent the lowest graded truck equipment in t- for production to that game. Wow. They have an A, B, C, D, E tier. And they sent the e-truck Ugh. with 20-year-old equipment to that game with announcers who have not been calling primetime games all year. So that just shows the disrespect that exists with the Pac-12 and ESPN. And now this week, they, they, I think this article did some, did some justice here because this week you got Oregon and Utah in a primetime spot on ABC, and I believe they're getting Herbie and Fowler on that call that's big. That's which big. would be big and we saw that ASU got that against Oregon. So, that was just a, a frustrating story and it, and it just shows it's it's not a fair fight in in anything, the playoffs coverage um it's all it's all biased and and this has been the case for years but I think it's more apparent now than it ever has been before. So, Man. that's uh, you know, maybe not the most passionate Hayden's haters, but it's frustrating because it feels like the Pac-12 doesn't have a realistic, you know, fighting chance of ever being compared with the SEC anymore.
1: Well, uh, we're lucky enough all the SEC fans will have fallen asleep by the time the production is even up. So, right, right. They, they
2: won't watch exactly. that anyways. And as an update to that story, ASU and Oregon State is going to have that that e-crew. Uh, go but, figure. But they're going to figure. But ESPN, there's a spokesperson that said that they're going to swap out that equipment this week. So, fans will be pleased to know that the network uh, we'll have, you know, better equipment to alleviate the viewing issues.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's jump ahead, <laughs> and we'll get some fact or fiction going. Thank you, Hayden, for those Hayden's haters, and thank you, yeah, Cole, for, for your fun fact. Um, fact Sh- or shut fiction? Shut up, Tyler. <laughs> 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 All, right. <laughs> All right. You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. F- fact or <laughs> fiction? Tennessee fans are the dumbest in college football.
2: Fact. <laughs> uh, based on your exchange with that guy, of course,
1: fact. I'm not, Delusional, Not that, not. I'm not a... doo doo. Stick your head in poo poo. Like, I was, I was astounded. I was like, whoa. I was not expecting that. Um,
0: <laughs> that man just felt so offended, you know? <laughs> know.
1: All right, uh, fact or fiction. So, I don't know if you guys saw this. Utah has hand painted helmets this week. Oh, they're Each sweet. helmet was hand painted. I believe it's a tribute to the Air Force. Um, So fact or fiction, it was worth it to hand paint every helmet.
0: Yeah, this is probably the biggest game in their program's history. Aside from that Pac-12 championship game a couple years ago. Yeah. Or Alabama and the Sugar Bowl. Sorry, that was a cold take, but go ahead. No,
2: their uniforms, it says USS Salt Lake City right here. It it almost looks like the Hawaii Grays, but like a thousand times better.
1: All right, uh, fact or fiction, Hawaii's loss to UNLV marks, marks its lowest point since the Norm Chow era.
2: Yeah! One in eight, UNLV? You gotta be absolutely kidding me. What are we doing? You go to a bowl game last year, you play Houston, you get the dub, and now you come out this season. I don't even count. We have one win this year, okay? We're not four in seven, we're one in seven. Because if you, I'm not counting Portland State and two Mickey Mouse wins over New Mexico State, <laughs> So we have one win over Fresno that's hey. absolutely it
0: they had a they had a three at nothing lead over Alabama for like two minutes New Mexico State did, yeah. that's correct oh I don't I don't care <laughs> anyways this is,
2: this is the lowest
0: point since
2: the Norm Chow era Norm Chow went one and 11 this is pretty damn close to it
1: yeah, yeah I
0: would say fact by the way as well.
1: I don't know if I okay, that's true. Yeah, it was yeah. targeting
0: Colt, but he kind of took it Holy over God. It's always a low point. Not
1: the last of the Hawaii Factor Fictions. Oh. Factor Fiction. Uh, Baylor, I don't know if you guys saw They got fined $25,000 um, for the irregularity that was them storing the field. Factor Fiction, they deserve to be fined. Fiction. It's stupid. They it shouldn't be fined. shouldn't be fined for rushing the field. Did you guys see what happened at the end of the game? Yes. They stormed the field with one second left. They had to clear the field and then re That's not the first time that's happened,
0: actually. That happened uh, BYU-Utah, like, ten years ago. Uh, Utah stormed the field, like, three times, and they had to keep re-kicking it. Oh, my goodness. Because they kept storming the field early. I'm blurry to look that up. It was, like, 2011 or 2012. Oregon Oregon
1: State in, like, 2000, I want to say maybe 7, Oregon State fans stormed the field prematurely, and so they had to bring them off, and then it went to overtime, and then Oregon State still pulled it out, so... Kind of cool when the fans all end up on the yeah. field like that.
2: If I was the Baylor AD, I'd be more than happy to cut that check for 25 grand
1: for my yeah. fans to
2: rush Give me the that. field. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, okay, here we go. Fact or fi- fair enough. Fact or fiction. Uh Lincoln Riley should jump the ship and go to LSU. Fiction. Fiction. He's had multiple Heisman trophy winners. Too much success at
2: Oklahoma to leave. Okay. I'd say hold out for an NFL job
1: if I were him. It it's worked well for uh Matt other... Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule. Uh, factor fiction and uh, Cliff. Cliff, Cliff, who didn't even succeed. He in got college. fired
0: at Texas Tech. Yeah.
1: Anyways, factor fiction. Kansas will make a bowl game before Nebraska does. Fiction. i
2: fact. I mean, really? you were ta- oh! ta- ta- telling me about the Kansas head coach and his story and Lance how Leopold? He's, Yes. Oh yeah. And how he's like completely changed programs
0: and got them on their feet. Five championships at Wisconsin Whitewater. Those guys are. I mean, as as good as Nick Saban is. Put Nick Saban at Kansas, and I'm curious to see what he'll do. Well, I mean, now that he's built a name for himself, he'd probably, you know, but <laughs> exactly. like a young Nick Saban.
1: Or, or go to Hawaii, <laughs> please. <laughs> all right, fact or fiction, Tom Herman, former Texas coach. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah. What does he do now? Uh, he, will, what, he will be coaching a Power 5 team by the end of the season, or by next season. I yeah, I
0: think so. fact, I think with all the turnover we're going to get in the carousel, I think a lot of guys are going to be getting back in the game this year. I'm going to go Fiction. I don't think he gets Power 5.
1: Interesting. Hawaii job, perhaps.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know if I necessarily want Tom Herman. Uh, can I have Nick Saban once again?
1: And perhaps. I don't know if you guys saw. Jim Harbaugh's pant leg was burned uh, in the first half because of the heaters on Michigan sideline. So, uh, fact or fiction, the heaters on Michigan's sideline are too hot. Fact. Um...
2: <laughs> Fiction? I mean, if you watch that game, it looked absolutely freezing. It looked like they needed a heater all around the whole stadium. And so, Harbaugh, just stay away from the heater. Move over a little bit. He
1: did get some more pants in the second half. Imagine the
0: memes if he was on the hot seat. (laughs) That
1: (laughs) That would be pretty incredible. Uh, Factor Fiction, don't know if you guys saw the video, but uh, Mike Leach has the worst dance moves of any head coach in college football. I didn't
0: see it, but I don't need to see it, and I'm going to (laughs) say It's so bad. I haven't seen it as well, but I don't doubt it. (laughs) Have you seen
1: Mac Browns in the locker room? It's worse. It's worse. You guys need to look that one up. Uh, Factor Fiction, Dabo Sweeney, he opted out of voting in the coaches poll this year. Um, Factor Fiction, that's a good move.
0: Fact, because he made some weird comments last year. I don't know if you remember. I think he ranked he ranked somebody like Ohio really State. low. Ohio State really low. He's like, because they didn't play anybody. But they were clearly like the second best team in the country last yep. year. That's a good point. Fact.
1: All right. Fact or fiction. Spencer Rattler should get the start on Saturday. No. Fiction. Fiction. He's not that good. All right. Small sample size. Um, it was ugly. It was ugly for oh. those quarterbacks. Uh, fact or fiction, Hawaii should have never fired Greg McMacken. Or McMacken, I don't know how to McMaking. pronounce it. Greg okay.
2: McMacken, we should have never let him go, okay? The second we did that, we brought in Norm Chow. I don't know if you guys remember, 2010. Head coach, Greg McMacken. Offensive coordinator, Nick Rolovich. Run and shoot, absolutely going off. Defensive coordinator, Dave Aranda. We should have made him our head coach if we didn't want McMacken.
1: Yeah, what could have been if Hawaii had promoted Dave Aranda and... Oh, uh, man. It almost feels like Dave Aranda's reached heights now to where he wouldn't even go back to Hawaii, you know. So uh, <sighs> rest in peace, Colt Almodova. Let's do the spelling game, boys. I think uh, I think we're ready. Uh, Colt. This I, has I, been I... a triggering show for me. I've just been
2: upset the whole <laughs> Oh, it's going to get worse here in a minute. It's, it's
1: going to get worse. This is not going to help your mood. All right. We have a senior. He's not a freshman. He's not a freshman. Whoa! A senior defensive lineman In from Washington <laughs> State. <laughs> uh, hey now. Okay, from Washington State we have Jesus Echeveria. Alright. J. Correct. E. e. Yep. S. Yep. U. Yep. S. Okay, Jesus. Yep. Good job.
2: Alright. One more time on the pronunciation of the last name.
1: Echeveria. Echeveria. E, correct. T. <laughs> you're over. You're overthinking it. You're wrong. Uh, it's reached that point in the year where Colt is, his mind <laughs> is so gone, that he just can't right. even spell etch Let me run it back, Okay.
2: E, C,
1: correct. Ch, H. <laughs> <laughs> the kindergarten sounding it out helps him out. Correct. I. E. I? <laughs> and that is incorrect, Colt. I'm sorry. It was Echeverria, And the pronunciation is confirmed, by the way. E C H E V A R R I A Echeverria. There's no way I would have
0: gotten those two
1: R's. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so sorry, Colt, but you have uh you've gone over one, but hey, a chance <laughs> to rebound, chance to get a failing fifty okay, percent
0: grade. This might be a dub for Colt. I don't know. This is a Polynesian name. I've oh. stayed away from these. After week one oh with uh, La Kea Kanohana Davis. That um, was well, pretty damn good. Yeah. This is an Oregon offensive lineman from Hilo, Hawaii. Cole, okay, a so he's from the big family. island. Okay, yeah. big island guy. Okay, here we go. I got the pronunciation, so just bear with me for a second. Malisala Amuvie Laulu.
1: <laughs> Cole, your Hawaiian like <laughs> genes are at okay. stake here.
2: Read the first name again.
0: Mully Salia. Wait, that was <laughs> different than the first one. No. Mully Salia. Well, show, show, no, no, show it Sorry. Mully There's no Ia. It's Mul. Mully Salah. Mully, Sala. Mully, Sala. Mully Sala. There we go. M. Mm-hmm. A. Mm-hmm. L. Mm-hmm. I. Incorrect. M- Mully Sal. Mully <laughs> is it like M- malai? He goes by Sala, but I can't I can't do that. I have to do malai Sala. It might be uh, the pronunciation. I'm not going to spell it, but oh, it's you. it's L I E. So if that makes the word Lee or Lie, if that helps you, maybe it is Malai Sala. Malai Sala. But the the uh, rest of it is for sure, Amuvie Laulu.
1: He <laughs> just got to send it code. Wait,
0: it was M A L and not i okay. m mm-hmm. a l okay
2: mhm
0: yes oh man e yes s yeah a yeah l yeah a is that the All first right. name so, yeah he got the first name uh, malisa
1: gracious here it goes
0: a o a. so you got yeah Ma- malisa Sala. But there's no
2: way it's a movie A. so there's a different way to that's pronounced um
0: Oh. Um, how would um that I can confirm th- confirm this on the Oregon website. A movie? Yeah. You got to shoot. I, uh, I literally copy and pasted it. A. The pronunciation. Yeah. M. Incorrect. Oh, you're close. A-U. That was, a, that was, is that was a- brutal. Is it A-U? A-U-M-A-V-A-E. <laughs> oh, that was so short. And then Laulu. L-A-U-L-U. Want to see? Colts, here it comes the late corrections by Colt. No, that that's the copy and paste and Col- from the Oregon website. I copy and pasted oh, that. man! See, I would
2: have said Malai Sala Almavai Laulu.
1: Well, you know, it's the discrepancies Holy from the Big Island to the Small Island, Colt. Um, Damn, <laughs> I know. I guess
0: that was still so rough.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, another 0 for 2 for Colts. Uh, congratulations. I, I um, quit. <laughs> one Mickey Mouse win is still all you have. Same as, AS uh, U of A. Well, I he actually say. has
0: two wins.
2: Yeah, I think I got
1: one
0: he actual got, win. He got Mason Williams. Oh. Because Mason was spelled really well. But then even Mason is like... Yeah, that's another Mickey Mouse. You have two Mickey Mouse
1: wins. Congrats. Um, as you know, or as, I don't know, maybe nobody knows, we're done with the uh, mascot tournaments. But that doesn't mean we can't still have a little mascot fun. So we sent everybody out on a little, you know, research field trip. And uh, let's hear really quickly, you know, the background behind one of the beloved
0: mascots of college football. Hayden. All right. We got the Georgetown Hoyas. And when I looked this up, I was like, what is a Hoya? Well, actually, their mascot is Jack the Bulldog, so um, uh, that's not as as cool. But, okay, here we go. According to the Georgetown website, I'm reading this verbatim. Many years ago, this is short, by the way, many years (laughs) ago when all the Georgetown students were required to study Greek and Latin, the university's teams were nicknamed the Stonewalls. It is suggested that a student using Greek and Latin terms started the cheer Hoya Saxa which translates into what rocks. All right. right. The, the name proved popular, and the term Hoyas was eventually adopted for all Georgetown teams. Beautiful. I mean, <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. can I get a oh, Hoya? Hoya sexa. Yeah. We, we had a Hoya-themed episode earlier this year. That is so, true. So uh, that's good. Colt? I've got a throwback
2: mascot, okay? A familiar team you may or may not have heard before. University of Hawaii. Believe it or not, once upon a time they had a mascot, especially during the Colt Brennan uh, like going off years. Uh, his name was Vili the Warrior. I don't know if you guys have seen Brayden Fehoko, former uh, LSU. I Believe he was like a D lineman. He was uh, famously known for like doing the haka right before senior night. Mm-hmm. His dad is actually Vili the Warrior, so he used to be Hawaii's mascot. He would dress up in like you know green. Black and white war paint. He was there for about 12 years. And then, uh, actually, once we got to Norm Chow, he was like, I'm out of here too. And so, oh wow, <laughs> Vila the Warrior was the, the mascot guy. Retired. He knew he knew, <laughs> yes, he
0: stepped away from the program. Oh man, alright yeah. He
2: would, he would do like the whole push ups thing, too. He would have like the Hawaiian drums, absolutely fireball sick.
1: juggling or whatever <laughs> they could do You can just
0: imagine he's sitting on the sidelines with his hands crossed. He's like, I'm done with this man. <laughs> 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 That's pretty much what happened.
1: All right, so mine uh, is Western Kentucky, and I think you guys might have seen this. coming. Oh, yeah, their mascot is Big Red, and I've got a photo of what Big Red used to look like. I want to see, I want you guys to see a horrifying that that image is. Yep. It is just a cool. big Wade, red blob. So my message to Western Kentucky is, like, what the hell? What is that? <laughs> what? And I get it, you're a hilltopper, like there's not a lot to work with, but what is, th- why? And so the only explanation is that the mascot was designed, what? It's a red blob, in the late 1970s, to embody the spirit of Western Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <Western> <laughs> I, if I, if we had block. more showtime, I would just talk about that guy for the next 30 minutes, but we don't have enough time, so uh, I'll let Michael Scott, you know, take us to our outro. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. Alrighty, week 12, season is winding down. What are you guys looking forward to for this week?
0: I'm looking forward to seeing if ASU can win out, get some help, maybe go to on a Rose Bowl run and avenge this uh, somehow like terrible season and we're 7-3. and three. It's so weird how it's a disappointing season, but we are kind of meeting expectations. My All bad. Right, yeah. My bad. Send it out. That's it. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> no no Cole. I'm not looking forward to anything okay I feel like Hawaii has nothing to play for you've got senior <laughs> night against <laughs> you've got senior night against Colorado State maybe some fans will show up but this season's a bust let's move on uh
1: let's go Bose basketball all right uh, go beeves first time they've been alive for the Rose Bowl this late in the season since 2009 and we're getting a knock in the door here we go uh, I'm Tyler Budge I'm Hayden Weber I'm Colt Wadova. and with that we wave goodbye. <laughs>